Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of The Green Room. I'm, uh, I'm James, I'm here with, with Nick. Hello, how are you getting on, Nick? You good? Yeah, I'm, I'm well, very well, thank you. Very yeah, well, good. for this uh, beginning of the next week. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. all good, it's all good. Uh, did we get cut off in episode 15? We, we did, because someone, and I'm not naming names, Nick, uh, was in charge of video, yes. and, uh, and that person, Nick, uh, screwed it up. So, actually, <laughs> after the blame came on me, I tried to deflect the blame by writing a really complicated letter to my manufacturer. They're still yet to give me a response, though. So, fine, uh, but the audio, the audio is fine. So, if, if you're watching us on YouTube, then it would have been cut off last week. But if you're listening to us on, uh, on what, what, how can you listen to our podcast? So, you can find us on very many avenues. Uh, the, the way I do these things always is when I forget, I go onto the Green Age website, which is www.thegreenage.co.uk. I take move my cursor up towards the top <laughs> next to the energy, energy saving guys, right next to it um, is, is a link mm. to all the blogs. Scroll down, and you can find us on Tune Radio. Tune Radio, sorry, I said yeah. that wrong the fourth time. Uh, you can find us on, on the Apple format, whatever that is. Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I've never used Apple. Uh, and um, for, me, for me, Spotify is my Do you think if favorite. you had used Apple, potentially we would have got the whole video captured? Um, I don't know. I can't name any manufacturers. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, anyway, so but uh, so you, basically you can, you can hear us, you can watch us on various different mediums. Um, so this week we are talking about the Smart Export Guarantee. Um, so this is the, and it's, I think it's more of a proposal at this stage, but this is... Yeah, it's gone what, through consultation. So this is what the government have bought in to replace feeding tariffs. So do you it's want probably worthwhile talking about feeding tariffs. Remind our listeners and viewers uh, of feeding tariff highlights. So feeding tariff highlights, it was introduced around 2010 uh, yeah. as, as legislation. I think it sort of was the end of the year, it actually got enacted. Um, I think commercial might have been a few years yes, just, 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 just before it. But anyway, so the idea is basically towards the end of the previous decade. They're going on into the 2010s. Um, and then basically, yeah, it was just finished, I think, 1st of April this year in mm -hmm. terms of some of the elements, or actually most of the elements to it. Um, and yeah, it basically covered... Uh, all, all types of uh, renewable uh, electricity generating sources uh, so like your, your biomasses actually sorry electricity ones wind power you feeling a bit Monday morning a bit Monday morning yeah so uh, sorry I was crossing over to RHI territory he's been talking RHI a lot so yeah confusing the two um, so wind um, solar mainly uh, that was a massive kind of boom and bust in the market I think sort of around 2011 2012 then they had to digress things yeah but essentially yeah it was um, MicroCHP you have mentioned which micro is your favourite MicroCHP which sensor works better in I think commercial yeah. applications than domestic domestic hasn't really um, taken off um, um, anaerobic digestion yeah that's, that's again but one. it's not likely you'd have one of those at home it's not uh, a it's massive commercial thing. And then the hydroelectric. Hydroelectric, which, yeah, I mean, the technology's been around as well for, for ages. But again, yeah, it's, it's one of those that's kind of limited to the natural resources that you've got. So when really kind of had a take up in, you know, uh, hydroelectric dams. But, but the basis of the feed-in tariff was essentially so you would get paid for yeah. generating renewable electricity from whatever solar panels, wind turbine, whatever. Um, you would be paid for generating it as one part. You'd also be paid for exporting it 
And initially, when these contracts were put in place, you could basically have a payment for 25 years. Mm -hmm. So the price of solar PV was about what, 12, 13K when it first yep. came out for domestic. Um, and it very, because so many companies suddenly jumped into the market, the price of solar panels dropped significantly. So over the next couple of years, after it launched in 2010-11, it dropped. The amount that you were being paid for generating the electricity dropped significantly. Um, you were still paid a bit to export So it. it's important to say the background of why feed-in tariffs came in the first place. is So uh, on the back of um, climate change talks and, and obligations that we've got towards decarbonising the economy, um, that's that's one side of it, but I guess the other side of it is um, looking at alternative electricity generating sources away from things like Big coal and nuclear, which would, mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got all sorts of uh, controversies around <clears throat> nuclear power and its cost, and it's not just the cost to build it, but yeah. the cost to do some, you know, um, safely dispose of the waste and and, and yeah, um, and obviously the way it's been done historically has probably not been priced in correctly. But when you see when it's priced incorrectly, it does on the uh, headlines of it look quite expensive. Yeah. So that's that. Those are the kind of the, the background of, of the of the feeding tariff and what how it came into the fore. And then obviously, and it did encourage massive take up, right? So which has resulted now, I'd say, to a massive reduction in the cost of of, of these sources. So, but back in twenty ten, you'd have to say that that solar power was quite expensive. Yeah. But yeah. then as as the policies kicked in, the prices massively dropped, and suddenly, you know, if by taking it away, I think now it um, it, it economically makes sense for you know for us to, to do it. But whether it's feasible from a technological perspective, it's another thing. Because you know, how many sunshine hours do we have? Yeah, no, agree. Solar and things agreed. like that. But wind's potentially better, but obviously, it's kind of intermittencies are the, the issues. Anyway, so so to say, so the feed-in tariff was paid. It's a payment, yep. as I said, going for twenty-five years. It dropped to twenty years. But if, if you are if you are receiving the feed-in tariff, I, if you had solar panels installed before April first, and you have a feed-in tariff contract, that will last until it expires. So it's not like the thing we're about to talk about is going to replace people with existing feed-in tariffs. So that's worth mentioning. Yeah, if you signed a contract in two thousand twelve and it was going to run for twenty-five years, it will run. To whenever it finishes, mm -hmm. 2037 or whatever it would be. Yeah, so don't worry about that. Don't panic. Um, but basically, so we are now, I think that the key, the key difference between this, you know, this smart uh, export guarantee is that you're no longer going to be paid for generating, right? You are just being paid for exports, and that's, I think, an important thing. But should we, should we start going into it? Should we get into the nitty-gritty? So I was just going to say, it's, um, when the when the Fenian tariff was um, alive, uh, the well, it's probably not just a fair, but it's an actual criticism of it. The export rate wasn't fantastic. It was no. way below what the market was buying the electricity for. Yeah, the generation was was very, I'd say, um, generous, helpful, initially. generous. Um, but then obviously that digressed, and then it got to a level where. So how much? So if I'm buying a unit of electricity, remind everyone listening how much how much you pay for. I think to a consumer, because a consumer then um, you price in the kind of the infrastructure costs and all that stuff. So it's around fifteen p. Yeah. But I think market rate was around nine ten pence. Yes, but it's but it's still, and then the export tariff rate as part of the feed-in tariff was about. Half of that. Five point three eight. So literally, literally half of what yeah. the market expects. So, so it didn't quite work. So, right, 
leaving feeding tariff then, mm-hmm. let's move on to this smart export guarantee. Um, so it's basically, it's for uh, any energy supplier who has more than 250,000 customers, right? So we're talking, why don't you name those? Uh, so I'd say, the big six. Or the big seven. Or oh, the big yeah. seven. Um, well, British Gas, um, British Gas Centrica, um, Scottish and Southern Energy, Scottish Power, we've got Empower, <laughs> we've got, uh, oh, Eon. Very good. Last one. Oh, crikey, I always forget the six. Bambi. Oh, sugar. Uh, well, there's Ovo. EDF? EDF. Oh, yeah, that's there it. There we go. And Ovo. Yeah. Um, okay, so these guys basically all, and then again, it's not in play yet, but they will all have to offer this smart export guarantee to their customers, right? So they will have to make it available. So basically, the idea is if I now go and buy solar panels, I get solar panels put on my roof, and got a nice south-facing roof, it's going to get lots of sunlight, and I decide, right, I'm going to put solar panels on. I can get a contract, sort of contract with the energy company, one of these big energy companies we've just talked about, and they will pay me. They will pay me for exporting every unit of electricity I export. I get paid. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the biggest things with the feed-in tariff, right, was that when you export electricity and you got paid for it, mm-hmm. typically people didn't have an export meter, yeah. so they didn't know exactly how much you were exporting. And what they did back in the day under the feed-in tariff was. They obviously have a generation meter, right? So you know exactly how much electricity you're generating, and they would literally halve that, right? So they would pay you as if you'd exported half of what you generated. Do you think they also halve the export? Just I'm just thinking of it, it just came to me now, is because during the 12 hours when normally people go to work and you're at home and you're doing stuff, you're using it, but then the hours at night when the electricity is low, effectively you've got excess capacity. So maybe that's yeah, why so. they oversimplified. I said, right, fifty percent of the time. Yeah, but I, th- I think, but you still had the option. You were, you could have got an export meter, right? But yeah. we, we were always, you know, we've always said it. There's, there's a way to manipulate the feed-in tariff. Was that you basically you got a, a sort of an immersion control type thing. Yes. A solar diverter. Yes. And so what you were doing was you were generating electricity. You were going to be paid as if you're exporting fifty percent of what you generated. Mm-hmm. So you may as well use all of that electricity. It doesn't help in terms of the greater good because you're not feeding electricity back into the grid for other people to use. You are basically using all that electricity. So it's important then the, the SCG will stop that because basically this will be, from what I understand, be metered. So you have to have a meter. Export meter. have to have an export meter. Um, so that will obviously prevent you you know, getting the, how do you say, that optimersion or the diverter. Yeah. Or... Or diverting into something else. It, if if you want to export, if you want to be paid for it. Um, but the the other thing, and, and I just assumed it would be, and I think the government are trying to set out how how they want it to work exactly. But so they, um, in terms of exporting electricity back to the grid, right at different times of the day, electricity has different values. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so different prices. So when and it's all to do with supply and demand. Yeah. So if demand for electricity is very, very low... So we, we're just... So what is it now? We're mid-morning, so we're probably coming off the first peak, yeah, aren't we? exactly. And it's in the summer, so yeah. again, so, people with electric heating, you know, well, we're not in the summer quite. I wish we were, but we're almost you. in the summer. Did we have so, the first week of coal-free? We power? did. Well, we can mention that later again. Sure. But that's awesome. But the... Um, so, you know, right now, as you say, you're coming off your peak. The electricity demand is pretty high. But not as high as it would be in the winter when you need heating and more lights and that sort of stuff. Um, whereas in the middle of the night, 
Yes. Everyone's sort of asleep. Yes. Uh, as much as the government are trying to incentivize business to use more electricity at night, they are. There is still definitely supply. You know, there's demand curve where Correct. demand is yeah. lower during the evenings, and so the electricity potentially has a lot less value at night, and it can sometimes slip into sort of a negative. Uh, place. So either so much excess capacity, say from your nuclear power the plants. Generators or... have to essentially pay to get rid of it. Yeah. Now, as as one of the key underlying pillars, I guess, of, of this new what was your acronym for this one? SEG. SEG. Because I can't or the SEG. Smart. Yeah, SEG. That's part maybe, of the, maybe that will catch on. Yeah. The SEG. The SEG. Um, so as part of the SEG. You cannot, so obviously you're being paid to export it. If it gets to a position or time of the day when normally an energy producer would have to pay, yeah. an energy supplier would have to pay to get rid of the electricity they're producing, you never have to pay the company back the money. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So despite the fact they don't want it and they have to pay, you are not liable to pay any money out for that. Which is which is good. So, so, so I, you can basically, you only get the upside. I guess they'll just price it. So I know they've given different rates of contracts and types of contracts you can get into, uh, which is uh, getting more detailed. But um, I guess from a simplistic point of view, they'll probably just value it at zero or, or something. So yeah. even if you're but exporting what, it. Exactly. It's not going to be an issue. Now, the, the, there's basically, there's two types of tariffs. So I've got my solar panels. I'm producing lots of electricity. I'm going to try and sell that back to the grid. You've, you've kind of got two main schools of thought. And I think the energy companies, when they come out with their different tariffs, you know, and they all are due to come out with tariffs shortly, you're going to have one that's just a flat rate tariff, right? So whatever I produce at any moment, I know that I'm going to be paid that amount for the electricity. Yeah? So it's likely to be, obviously, less than the price I'm paying from, from the grid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot less. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also because it's basically got a couple in that time when you know the price is a lot lower, yes. the market rates a lot lower. Yeah. Um, so it's not going to probably be a million miles from where the export tariff was on the feed-in tariff. Yeah, it's going to be about five or six p. The thought um, might be lower than that. But you're getting solar panels. Will they time that, or is that going to be twenty four well, hours? No, the, so this is so the flat rate tariff. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally reading your meter, and if I've exported a thousand units, right, it's paying me whatever the so export yeah, tariff so that, is so times that, a thousand. That's, so that's right. Yeah. So that would be. So that's a really simple version. Then they have, and it's and it kind of you can see how it's evolved with the complexity of the grid and smart meters and that sort of thing. Then we have a simple variable tariff, right? And the simple variable tariff is a little bit like economy seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. During the day, if I export, so maybe between the daylight hours, so between... I don't know, so so they will set arbitrary on this one. They will set arbitrary times. So they'll basically, yeah, say between 7 and 6, you are paid mm -hmm. 8p, but between 6pm and 7am, you're paid 1p type thing. So that's a very, very simple variable tariff. You'll be fully aware of what's going on. Now we've got them one step further. So that's kind of, for me, that's the equivalent of an economy seven. Yeah. yeah it, it's kind um, of, it's smartish. It's yes. trying to play slightly with the supply and demand, but it's it's pretty basic. Mm -hmm. The one that they're, they're, I can see they're going to use a lot more, and that's the advanced variable tariff, right? And this one's a bit more interesting because the advanced variable tariff, they will pay you, uh, you know, different prices for every sort of half hour of the electricity. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> it'll be a lot more reactive to the grid. Now this is where I think it's interesting because 
we've talked about time of use tariffs. Yes. Right? And, and they're quite a clever idea. So basically pay for electricity from the grid at different times. Well, if I'm paid to export it and I get paid different rates every half hour, I can, in theory, hold, if I know that electricity, you know, there's a really high payment at nine o'clock. Yeah, because there's loads of people watching telly and boiling kettles and making dinner and all that sort yes. of stuff. I can, in theory, attach my solar panels to an energy storage system, and then I can export that electricity, the electricity stored in the batteries, chemical energy, transfer it back to electricity and ping it back to the grid at that time. So I'm making electricity during the day. It's free, mm -hmm. solar panels. Obviously, you've got to pay for the solar panels themselves. Yeah. Produce electricity. I then ping it back to the grid when I'm going to be paid more than I normally would. So that one is one that I think a lot of people will start seeing as a massive benefit. Will that be... So when they commission it, the technology will allow the storage component to go with the... Well, you, you would, can't say no, yeah. right? Because I mean, intuitively it makes sense. And electricity is electricity. Mm. We've talked about this before. I think the, um, was it, which company did the unicorn power? They Sorry. had that advertising. Do you remember they had the advertising? Yeah. And they were kind of basically saying, well, we offer cheaper electricity. And so it kind of needs to be a non-grid tied battery, if you see what I mean. Because if there's any way the battery can feed in from the grid... To, to, yeah, in to theory, yeah, in theory, you could buy it, but I, but that's in theory, yeah, you could buy electricity from the grid when it's cheaper and sell it back when it's more expensive. I imagine the tariffs will never ever be that stage. So if it costs me fifteen p to buy, I'm never going to be paid fifteen p to export, yeah, or more, because mm. otherwise I'd buy it all during the day and then I just ping it back at nine o'clock and I was paid twenty p to export it. Yeah, I think sadly they'll have cottoned on that that is a terrible idea. Mm. Um, they might not. But I'd have thought so. Maybe they're listening to this podcast. Maybe they're listening to this podcast. But, but you can see, uh, I guess, if, if this um, policy goes through and, and it you know gets gets a bit of traction in the market, I can see where um, it doesn't just get rolled out to um, you know generators. Effectively, every household in the country, if it had a smart meter and the ability to ping electricity back, yeah, um, could become its own. Exporter. And, and I think this is what they want. You know, if, if you look at the energy grid, you know, we have lots of, um, so we have gas power plants and nuclear power plants and whatever. It's, it's relatively, um, the, the amount of electricity we can ping into the grid, you know, gas power plants are great because they can turn on and off pretty quickly, but nuclear can't. So you've got like this base load of electricity. Yes. It's very inflexible. And so things like this will make our grid much more efficient. Yes. Um, because, you know, there's the total demand that you have to have in place mm -hmm. will come down. Yes. Because you'll get people that cotton on. And you won't get necessarily, um, become, if it becomes more localised, you won't necessarily get the transmission losses that you exactly. can't get from transporting one end of the country to the other. Because in, in theory, if it's... Yeah. Not going as far, yeah. you don't get the losses. Yeah. So I, th I think, I actually think uh, this is a really nice, good idea. Mm. And I'm normally... If, so you've heard me speak over yes. the last I'm normally quite critical of government policy, but actually someone seems to be using your brain, which uh, is, is nice and, and makes a nice change. Um, so I, I do, you know, it's a shame the feed-in tariff got cut, and I think the when the feed-in tariff got cut, when it got halved, you know the initial one that came out yes. was uber generous, yes. and then they literally halved it one day. I think that killed a huge number of solar companies. Yeah, like PV. It's not nice companies. to see. Yeah, it's, it's... Do you remember going to EcoBuild that first year? Yes. So and like half the hall was taken up. By so then, to add two halls. So one hall was 
everything else and then yeah. the other hall was all solar technology mm -hmm. and then the year after that it just literally disappeared but also and that was purely of, due to the feeling to have cut half of ecobuild disappeared as well yeah um and i did, so i can see that if you get something in this it's pretty simple but i can see the number of solar companies out there increasing which is good for the consumer because it gives them more choice yes yeah so i because what i've seen is that so solar panel and solar installs were very expensive yeah to get a three and a half kilowatt system may have been 12k in 2011 you know 2008 to 2011 it was expensive and then it dropped mm -hmm. i could get a 4k system for five and a half grand yeah like at the end of when the feeding tariff was really really low then all the companies just dropped out of the market when they reduced it and they, the solar became a lot less popular which is what you'd expect mm -hmm. but now we should see new solar installs entering the market and so, whereas the prices kind of begin to creep up again, yes. Um, my sister just moved house, and they've got some solar quotes. Blinking egg! I mean, yeah, because I think it's really difficult to find a solar installer now. Um, and so I was really surprised by how much they've gone back up towards the kind of two thousand eight, eleven levels. So while I don't, I mean, it's it's a good thing, I, I suppose, if they put this legislation in, it won't necessarily be. I can see it not being the boom and bust because if you if you yes, know exactly. if you know what the regulation framework is, then companies can deliver to that because it seems to be for the first time it's actually a bit more long term as well than obviously yeah. what the freedom and it's and it's forced right. They it's not like they have a choice. They have to as an energy supplier that has two hundred and fifty thousand customers a year, so one of these big six seven, they have to offer these tariffs. Yeah. And they will offer, they'll offer the sort of fixed one which we've talked about where it's a single price, they'll offer the variable one or the more, even more complicated variable ones. I think this is really going to change but you the can, solar but as market. A, as a, you know, as, as a small time generator, you can really plan, uh, I suppose, the, the project. So if you're doing, I don't know, bits and pieces to a house or a commercial property, as you were mm -hmm. saying, a big, you know, suddenly facing roof, if you're looking to retrofit that, you, you know, if you have a framework to work towards, you can go, well, actually, you know, if I put this roof in I know I'll probably get half of it back so yeah. actually I'm going to replace it anyway but it's quite nice to know that 50% of it will, will I think, pay I think for the, itself I think the one downside that there's probably lots but I haven't spotted them but the, the bigger downside is that the feed-in tariff was guaranteed for 25 years initially and then 20 years right so I can basically predict what I was going to make if the sun shines in the normal way you know during yeah. the summer months etc etc I knew what I was going to make mm -hmm. This so under this scheme, under the current framework, what they're looking at is the the each contract, so each supplier will basically they can set whatever terms they want, right? So they can say, right, this contract's gonna run for two years. So it's almost like you know, you change your energy supplier every year to get the best deal. Mm -hmm. This will start appearing here. Mm -hmm. So the the issue with that is if I've got to pay five grand or seven grand or whatever it is for my solar panels. I don't quite know because one year it might be really high the payments and the next year they might the contracts coming out might be really low and you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's going to be tricky. Uh, for me as well is to, to have to um, four or five different tariff type rates and then as you said and then each within those you've got different kind of duration of contracts. So for me it would be to to move to say to this advanced variable over time as the standard just to simplify it. Because you can just see how, but it makes it more complicated for people. Yeah, if I can, if I can lock something in on a standard tariff where I know exactly what I'm going to be paid, 
Perkin for the next three years. It does, but if we're you know if we're all serious about um, demand responsive grid, mm-hmm. surely we need you know we need the ultimate standard, and then everyone but, to move o- over time towards it. But John Smith, who you know lives in his house and doesn't care about such things, he just pays his energy bills every month, and he has got solar panels because he wants them. Is he going to really want to? kind of get to this advanced variable tariff that's quite complicated. He needs to know when to export it and all of this sort of side of battery storage. You need you need the technology around that to support that's, it. That's what I mean. It needs to, that, you know, yeah. It's sort of like a solar optimizer that moves electricity. You need one that is, it's tuned in to what tariff you're on and then it will export the battery. But in, but in theory, if everyone's well. moving on to um, time of use tariffs, well, yeah. if, if that's, the, that's the aim, surely that's the kind of, you need to then match how you buy the electricity as well no, I, to I, how I you agree. consume it so for me it would be you know come in with a different yeah. flexibility of contracts but then over time you know go for the best in class yeah no no good and the, but the other the other thing just worth mentioning is that the under this the current uh, suggestions of how this system is going to work so the smart export guarantee or seg or the seg um, is going to work they're basically saying that the energy company has to pay you above zero pounds Per kilowatt hour, i.e., it could give you zero point zero one p. Exactly. So this, so this is a difficulty. You know, just because they're obliged to pay you, yeah. they haven't said right. The lowest figure we're going to offer, they have to offer you four p per kilowatt hour. It just has to be above zero. So they might offer one p, which would make it therefore a lot less effective than. Do you think they'll go on to something? You remember the eco was auctioned. Do you remember when they went to kind of like Maybe. blind bids. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think they will be encouraged via government push yeah so you know nudging them in the right direction that they will have to put a, a baseline in of it'll have to be more than 3p at some point they might not initially they might just see if the market finds a position yeah but if i'm an energy supplier so i'm end power for example i don't really want to pay people money to produce electricity there's there's nothing in it for me to do it no and there isn't but i suppose if you're the likes of uh, who's this edf yeah. Um, so if, if your I don't know current how do you say your 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 assets are nuclear power based and on the other hand you can see well because actually they make quite a lot of money through generation but you know maybe that's may, maybe the way they are the energy companies are looking at it maybe they're thinking actually um, instead of billions and billions of pounds onto new power plants. They, they, they buy electricity become, from small generators and flip yeah, or, double their money. Or they just move on to a retail model, so rather than being generators and retailers, they move yeah. on to a, I don't know. Um, but hopefully they don't take their eye off the fact we do need some base load in the grid. Yes, we do. Because <laughs> um, otherwise we're all a bit stuffed. Uh, so anyway, we But it's important see. to say it's consultation. So uh, yeah. does it, can you, can anyone feed back to the consultation? I, I didn't read I, I imagine they can, but like every... Is there a deadline for it, Harry? Uh, not that I know of. I think they're hoping for it to be in place in the next couple of years, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Well, if they want to talk to us, if they <laughs> want to talk to the energy experts at the Green Age, they know the findings. So if you want to, um, if you're excited about what we've been talking about, what's the, what do you need? Um, what's so the checklist right. of what you need? You for, need for to, to do this? Yeah. So long, I, this is the problem. Because it's consultation, none of this is written down it's not you know in legislation yet so I would say there's three main things that you need so if you wanted to do this 
Which is <laughs> one, a smart meter, one that can um, show export rates every half hour. That's yeah. a requirement they've put in. Um, or technically, it doesn't need to be a smart meter, but for all intents and purposes. Fine. Smart meter. Um, uh, obviously, your micro generation of choice, pretty much most people, that's going to be solar PV. But, yeah. you know, there Mine are other ones. A little river at the end of my garden. Yeah, we oh, might, we might see an uptake in the others. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, and also, if you want to do the advanced rate thing, which you know presumably is going to be how people are making the most money off it, battery storage, which yeah. is going to be interesting to see how that industry is affected because it you know, should battery drive storage uptake. is expensive. Yeah, no, it should drive uptake. The issue, though, is uh, do you want to invest in that before this has become legislation? Technically, in, how do you say yeah. it's gone into legislation? Is that how yeah, they they will backdate it. Yeah. They've said that if you get if you install your solar panels and whatnot now, and then this comes into effect in two years, you can still kind of, um, you can you can then but sign annoying, up. But it doesn't have, have to be annoyingly. And I'm gonna sit on the fence here now. I'm I wouldn't get solar panels installed now. If I want solar panels and want to produce electricity, awesome. Go ahead and do that. I think they're a really good idea. Relying on this to fund it until I know where the levels are going to be, how much I'm going to be yeah. paid, is not something that I probably would do. So better. they need to, they need to get it, they need to move. And obviously there's that thing that you mentioned, you know, with the, with the um, level of solar panel companies in the market and the fluctuating price due to yeah. feed and tariff ending. When yeah, this yeah, comes yeah. in, lots more solar panels, lots more. I hope so. Listen, I, I think it's a great idea. I mean, the uptake under the feed in tariff took it from a kind of a technology that, you know, maybe early adopters, I know solar's been around forever and a day now, but early adopters jumped on it. But because of the feed-in tariff, lots of normal people were like, I want solar panels. So is there any export at the minute on the fit? Or is it completely, is it just a generation part? Sorry. On the feed-in tariff? Yeah. No, you get export. So you you can buy, you can get a solar system now. No, because the feed-in tariff's dead. So you can't get any export at all? You don't get anything. So if you get solar panels today, yeah. you don't get anything. But in theory, what Harry's saying is you'd get backdated. backdated not, not, not backdated. Or it would start when the scheme Yeah, starts. you can, um, you don't need it. Yeah, need I, I wouldn't thing. touch it. I mean, because, uh, yeah, I'm on the basis that there's no generation fit. Sorry, uh, export fit at the minute. And you don't know what it's going to be. So no, I agree. But, but which when is, it which comes is, which in, is sad. But when it comes in, then I think hopefully it'll make the numbers worthwhile. One of the really exciting things about it is that obviously the feed-in tariff is all is is um, our money essentially. It's being paid for by um, you know, higher energy prices, mm-hmm. um, and that money goes towards the feed-in tariff being paid. Whereas this is self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the government doesn't need to be. You know, pushing us Probably to pay more, or pouring more money into no, it. The energy companies are paying, which is you know. Excellent. But but if the energy companies are paying, <laughs> where are they going to make their money? I mean, how they'll just price it into the, the into the rate, yeah. And, it, and this so, is why I think what rates. you said they're going to have to put a base in lower than not point not nothing. Well, that's it. So or higher. Higher. So it's going to have to be three p or four p or five p or eight p or whatever it is. And if they do that, obviously that will then be passed to the energy consumers. Despite the fact, you know, I don't have solar panels on my roof, I'm going to have to pay for people who do have solar panels. Difficult. It is tricky. It is a tricky one. So, presumably, 
um, like the feeding tariff, you still have the kind of stringent um, rates for quality of the... So the MCS installers? Yeah. yeah the standards. I guess so. I mean, there's a new, there is a new framework coming out, isn't there? So past 2030, which is kind of a framework for installing things and a methodology for installing energy saving stuff yes. is being replaced. I think there's some of like past 2035, yes. I think. Um, there's, there's another past so, 2050 as well. I don't always forget the kind yeah. of so, but, but I think, so I assume yes, and especially with electricity, you don't want to be messing about. So I assume. It's probably going to be an EPC strip, you know, before it was a band D, wasn't it? For, yeah, and they'll try and talk. Yeah, it'll be the same. They said that the eligibility criteria will be the exact same as it was with FIT. Okay. So it needs to be what, under five um, kilowatts. Kilowatt. Yeah. No, well, there's five megawatts. It's like a, but that's a commercial system. Five megawatts is mahoosive. Yeah, there's, there's, it's, it's the same as the uh, feed and tariff yes. um, criteria, theoretically. Um, so, so I'd say wait. Wait and see. Yeah, I, I would probably would as me. well. Yeah, I would. Unless you've got a massive roof. And you just and want the electricity, anyway. electricity yeah. anyway. Yeah. In which case, don't wait. Do it now. So that is the Smart Export Guarantee, or SEG. In a nutshell, we'll make um, SAG happen. Yeah, let's make SAG happen. Uh, cool. So that is so that's that. On to energy news. So you talked about, and I think this this one is cool. With the coal power, we had our first week with that was good with yeah. no coal power since the industrial revolution since eighteen eighty two since eighteen eighty two. Which is that is cool. That's very good. Um, so well done, well done us. Down the back. Uh, well, well, that's well, something we've got well, GB. Uh, so um, basically, the context of the well, the, the last few months we've kind of discussing about some of the uh, failures of energy supplies. So we've had quite a few small-time retail ones, say with thirty-five, sixty thousand. Yeah, how many have gone bust in the last six months? Eighteen. Eleven. Eleven. Eleven in the last. Because I was reading it off this script, but. Um, uh, it's an article uh, from the from BBC News, so uh, a trusted source. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why is that topical? No, uh, sorry, God. BBC. We're only quite trusted sources here. Um, no, but but it's um, on the back of um, on on the back of kind of consultation from Ofgem, and Ofgem have looked into this. Ofgem are the regulator uh, mm-hmm. for this industry, and and they've looked at obviously what's happened in the last 12, 24 months. So basically, going forward, those stress tests for, for new entrants would be much, much tougher, much more stringent. So, so green age power, if we want to start our own electricity company. Yes, you, you kind of need to have, I'd say, you know, financial prudence or, you know, yes. some sort of financial backing. So much, much kind of higher stress tests should, I guess, variations in um, electricity go, go up yeah. and down. So um, I don't know quite what the stress tests were of the of the of the current regime but certainly they are looking into much much more stringent tests because at the minute so say um didn't your one go bust and you had to go the to the gas no the one i used to have went bust but you but changed swapped. you swapped already what but should you do if your energy company goes don't panic <laughs> don't panic just no i did what do you do you just sit tight you because sit tight. you will be swapped to another provider but then, as soon as you have been swapped, it's all gone through, then go on to a company like Uswitch, um, and we could put the link in for Uswitch at the end of this, but go on to a company like Uswitch, and you will therefore basically just look for cheaper tariffs. 
So go on to your energy bill, your latest energy bill, and look for the kilowatt hours used of electricity and the kilowatt hours used for gas, and you type those in to use switch, or you type in the tariff you're using, and they will basically tell you which one to swap to, and they will tell you how much you'll save if you if you use the same amount of electricity and gas the following year. Mm-hmm. Because um, the the what they automatically switch you onto once you get swapped into your new company is a deemed tariff, which is usually rubbish. Expensive. Yeah. yeah. So definitely, definitely want, to, but you do have to sit tight until you get moved. Don't try and sort of panic and swap during the process. What was the swapping company called? The, moves you continually moves you every there's year. a few there's more and more doing it um and maybe we'll see the same thing for export to the automatic do you think we should get we should try and reach out to these guys and see if anyone's be interested in coming in and talking to That'd us good, about yeah. their, uh, so yeah i don't know who these guys are do you uh, maybe we should come and have a come for a podcast yeah we should get do you think <laughs> other people would like to come and talk to us our favorite one is look after my bills look after my bills. were they on dragon's um, they were they were Exception, <laughs> exceptional on Dragon's Den. Fine, good. <laughs> <laughs> they made a lot of money. Um, and uh, and there are others. Labrador is another one off the top of my head. Um, oh, we'll, list, we'll list some more. Okay, cool. So um, there was, the we mentioned Sainsbury's as well. So Sainsbury's Energy is no more. So they've been subsumed by British Gas because they were just the front face of British Gas. Yeah. Um, and um, so do you want to do you want to list? Do you want me to list a few of the ones that have gone past the last six months? Yeah, go on. Brilliant Energy, Our Power, um, Economy Energy, One Select, Spark Energy, Extra Energy, Snowdrop Energy, UCO Energy, Electrophase. They've all got great names. Yeah, awesome names. Well. <laughs> I know. That's cool. Because um, Spark was quite a big one. That that's the one that stood out. I know when I was. Um, <coughs> Doing a lot of those Green Deal reports, so a few people kind of gave me those bills, and so uh, yeah, they had so. over uh, uh, they had two hundred ninety thousand customers um, who then got moved over to Ovo. Cool. But also, they one of the criteria they've said now is is good customer service. So a lot of those companies, not only the financial prudence side, but a lot of them didn't have great customer service. So that's that's a, one of the things that, that's being tightened up. Is that they have to prove that they can they can provide Dear good man. customer service and, <laughs> and the directors and proprietors are fit and proper. So, oh, so we can't have one then. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other news? Oh, I think I think that's it. Yeah. 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 Just remind people, Nick, quickly because I like hearing you pronounce some of them. Where if if I didn't go on the Green Age website and click on the podcast button and download. Where would I be able to find our podcast? So you can find us on Stitcher. It's one we forgot earlier. You yeah. can find us on TuneIn Radio. Yeah. You can find us on Apple Podcast. Very good. Yeah. One more. Uh, Podbean. Yeah, Spotify. And Spotify. That's um, the one I always subscribe to. Or you can watch us on YouTube. And that's where I always watch us. Over and time if, and time if, again. if you're watching us on YouTube, leave comments because we like <laughs> them. Um, they, they, I mean, as long as they're not too rude. Well, if they're rude, it doesn't matter anyway, really. But we still, we still like getting interaction from from people. So, um, so do that. And it's uh, only a few episodes until we'll have another customer questions um, and uh, listener questions. Uh, so, if you've got any stuff that you want us to answer, then pop that in comments or give us an email. Very good. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. So, thanks, me. Thank you, James. Um, and we'll see thank you next. Harry. <laughs> thank you, Harry. I think there's more more input than last time. This is good. I like this. Um, but that's and soon we'll get you on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I like being mysterious voice of reason. Um, cool. Well, listen. Thanks everyone for listening or watching, uh, and we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.